Views and opinions expressed by the hosts are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of their employers. This podcast may not be suitable for children. Adults may find details triggering and or offensive. Listener's discretion is advised. Hi, everyone. This is Norma. And this is Priscilla. And you're listening to It's the Mystery for Me. Welcome back to It's the Mystery for Me. It's Tuesday again. We hope you guys had a really good and safe Memorial Day weekend. We had a very quiet Memorial Day weekend, which is how I like it. We did? Yeah, we went to see fireworks. That was pretty loud. I guess. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we went to see fireworks. We went to just like Playland, which is an amusement park. We went to the pool. We went for breakfast. We did go to breakfast. We went to a party the day before. So I guess it wasn't a quiet weekend. It was not. I'm very tired. Yeah, same. (laughs) In true crime-related news, there's still no update on the whole Bradley sisters thing. Mm. They have not released anything as to whether this woman who claims to be Diamond Bradley is in fact Diamond Bradley. Which I feel like... (laughs) I don't know. It could go either way. Why are they taking so long to say whether or not she is the person? I know they put that DNA on, like, some speedy Gonzalez type Mm -hmm. of speed. Yeah. Right? So, and it was with the FBI. So, I'm like, hmm. I did see another TikTok video, though, where someone was claiming that this girl was lying and that she was really from Maryland and, like, they knew her actual family and that she's just like really messed up like a messed up person well i mean i hope that's not the case but people really do things like that which is scary it is scary we live in a very scary world and with that being said we're gonna go ahead and turn to a very spooky tale a cautionary tale another case that we're sharing on this show and norma is hosting Yeah, I am. Get used to my voice, guys. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I agree. Get used to Norma. So for today's case, I watched an episode of Deadline Crime with Tamron Hall. I looked through a few articles published by NBC Connecticut, The Washington Post, uh, The Cinnamonholic, along with other articles and websites. For a full list of today's sources, go ahead and check out our website, isthemysteryforme.com, or click the link in the show notes. This story takes us back to 2009 in Plainville, Connecticut. This is a case of Tiana Notice. Tiana Notice was born on February 4th, 1984, in Worcester, Massachusetts, to her father, Alvin Notice, and her mother, Kathy Lewis. So in 2009, she was 25. Tiana has three brothers, a stepmother and a stepsister. She's described as someone who was larger than life with a heart of gold. She was loved by everyone that came in contact with her and she had the prettiest smile. 
In her spare time, Tiana loved singing. She was part of her church choir. She enjoyed writing poetry and dancing. Oh my gosh, she sang in the choir? Mm-hmm. She nice. did. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. We were in the church choir too. Now I can't say that I was good. <laughs> I could never hear myself. Priscilla would always be like, sing louder. I would be like, sing louder. We got to sing louder than everybody here. And I was like, I'm trying. I'm like, come on, Norma. <laughs> I love people who like, I love that she sang in the choir, though. That's such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. She was really into music. That's what her cool. family said, that she was artistic as a child. Nice. She loved all kinds of music. Mm. Tiana was also extremely bright. In an article, I saw that she started college early, like finished her high school, I guess her last year of high school during her first year of college. Wow. Yeah. She graduated with a bachelor's in political science. And in 2009, she was about to graduate with her master's from the University of Hartford in Connecticut. And she was studying public policy, communications and paralegal studies. So in 2009, she had just one semester left. A master's degree in mm-hmm. all three things? Yeah. Okay, the only reason I was surprised is because I feel like when you're getting a master's degree, you have to concentrate on, like, one area. Right, I mean, that's... has been that's, my experience. Yeah, no, but that's what... I have two. People are not going to like that. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that in. Leave that part in. Um, I mean, that's what they said. It specifically said Department of Communications, but... I love that. Yeah. Listen, I love that for her. Mm-hmm. I also know that people write things wrong in articles all the time. But they also said this on the show, too. They did? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just wondering. Yeah. Maybe um, she got certificates in some of them and got a master's degree in one of them. It's possible, yeah. yeah. Definitely. That would make sense. So... Tiana's mother, Kathy Lewis, she basically said that Tiana was very good at arguing and she thought that she would end up going to law school. See, I noticed that when I when you start seeing like that she was doing paralegal studies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was giving me lawyer vibes. Yeah, and communications, I like love it that. just makes sense. Mm-hmm. More of us need to go to law school. I'm telling you right now, if you're listening. Yeah. Trust me, it'd be scaring these people. I'm telling you right now, y'all. <laughs> They be shaking in their boots when I tell them I'm a lawyer. But I love that. In October of 2007, so while she was in graduate school, she met someone by the name of James Carter II on MySpace. And um, her best friend, Anna, said that she immediately was infatuated by James, that he was charming and he was handsome. And he reinforced the fact that she was beautiful. Okay. Mm-hmm. Words of affirmation. Exactly. So her friend Anna, she basically encouraged her to, you know, pursue things with James because Tiana had just broken up with her college sweetheart, Robert. And they had been together for almost five years. Okay, yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. So obviously like she was having a tough time with that because the reason why her and Robert broke up is because he ended up going to school in Virginia. And she was in Connecticut. And they just couldn't find a way to make it work long distance. And Robert said that he believed that if their love was real, that it would bring them back together. See, but I don't believe in that. 
I just think like if you find a good thing, why would you let it go? Because okay. sometimes if you let it go, that good thing might find something else. Feelings may change. Preach. So I just don't believe in that philosophy, personally. I think it's a way for some ninjas to go out here and see if the grass is greener. It's not. And then they get out there and realize Mm -hmm. the grass is dead. It's gray. (laughs) It ain't even growing. Yeah. (laughs) So Tiana and James were really pursuing this relationship and just seeing where things go. And they meet in public for the first time some point in late 2007. And James tells her that he's a college graduate. By the way, James, I believe at this point is 27 years old. He's working as a manager for a major insurance company in Connecticut, and he owned his own home in Bloomfield, Connecticut. He also made it a point that he has no kids and he's looking to settle down. Mm. He said that he was also willing to go to church with her. That meant a lot for her. James also made it a point that he wants to be a provider. He does not want her working. Okay. He'll take care of her. Well, damn. Basically, he wanted to pay the bills and for her to live a soft life. But Tiana was very independent. Okay. And she didn't want him to, like, pay for everything. She wants to still be able to provide for herself. Well, she is an Aquarius, right? Was she born in February? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she is. Just on the cusp of almost being a Capricorn. Almost. <laughs> So, yeah, I understand this. So she wasn't all the way receptive, but she still was open to certain things. And so when James offered to buy her a phone, she was like, okay, sure. You can buy me a cell phone. Cool. And he also offered to purchase her new tires for her car. And she was like, okay. Buying tires as an adult is a life-changing experience because <laughs> you go in, you ask for new tires, you leave, you got an $800 bill. Mm-hmm. So, flash forward to 2008, um, an ex-girlfriend came over to James's house, and she apparently was trying to break in, and cops were called, and somehow he ends up getting arrested. Okay, there gotta be more to the story. Somehow he ended up getting arrested. What did he do? He goes to jail for five months. So Five months? Ap- like, at first, it's not clear what he does, but okay. we'll get into it. This still does not sit well with tiana right and she's she's cautious at this point because she's like what the hell is this plus she has a degree in paralegal studies yeah that so too antennas are definitely up <laughs> yeah well at this point she does not yet because this is 2008 but we still went back a bit. but she knows enough exactly to know what's going on so she still wanted to be there for james though because all this time he has been so generous and gracious towards her that she felt that she wanted to, I guess, reciprocate those same feelings towards him. So she actually was writing to him while he was in jail and she would go visit him. Tiana was writing to him in jail? Yeah. Was she taking his calls too? Maybe calling Probably. <laughs> Wait, I, oh, I think I told this story on the podcast, how like someone called my phone by accident from jail. Did you? I think so. I mean, maybe Let a me know while in the comments ago. if I did, but basically somebody <laughs> called me. This was back when I was 24 or 20, whatever. I was like mid-20s. I answered the phone. They said, do you want to accept this call? I'm thinking somebody got locked up, probably Norma, for fighting. Please. So, <laughs> 
So I answered the call, and it's some random dude. I wish I could find him. Like, he was just like, hey, is this so-and-so? And I was like, nah, you got the wrong number. You good, though? You keeping your head up? Like, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm doing all right. Like, you know, I want to... I, I wish there was a way to know who it yeah. was. That's pretty funny. I was funny. like, okay, stay, keep your head up. Keep your head up. I'm sorry it's the wrong number. You don't wasted your minutes, but you know what I'm saying? I hope you have a nice day. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Man, I wish I could figure out who it was. What are the chances of that? Getting I know. a wrong call from jail, from jail from a random person? Yeah, I was like, who got locked up in the damn family? So in June of 2008... James is released from jail. So he went into jail, I think, probably early 2008. So what is or he like, telling her when he's talking to her on the phone? What he's saying? I have her? no idea. But at that point when he had gone into jail, they had been together for at least five or six months already. I don't know, y'all. If a ninja goes to jail five or six months in, y'all gonna be waiting? <laughs> Especially knowing he's serving five months. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it depends on what he did, right? Maybe he got caught up in some... Thing he did in the past he's trying to change his ways and you're trying to you and i know, think that that's assist. what it so maybe it was that i think we'll that see. that's what he was telling her yeah like um maybe my past just caught up to me yeah so they okay. pretty much pick up where they left off and they attended anna's son's birthday party so this is her best friend's son's birthday party gotcha. and there's actual video footage on the show of them at the party and james also brings along a guest with him and that guest was his son because james apparently had a child that he lied about wait a damn minute wait a damn minute he's trying to like make himself out to be some classy ninja (laughs) (laughs) by trying to like get rid of the fact that he has kids i mean listen you can have kids and still be like that dude right yeah so why, Why? Would hide Why that? did he hide that? I have no idea. Wait, and how old is the kid? They never say how old the kid is. And he is blurred out in the video. But Does he look tall? He, Does he look short? Does he he look looks like he could probably be eight years old. Wow. Mm-hmm. And she didn't notice, like, hanging out. So he had never seen his kid when she, he was hanging out with her? James's son was spending the entire summer with him. That June 2008. Like, that entire summer. So, like, like, he couldn't hide the kid. Right. He's going to be with him for three months. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. This is already two red flags from him. First of all, you're going to jail. I don't even know what you're in jail for. You're there for five (laughs) months. We just started dating. (laughs) Then you come up with a kid. Like, you pop up at a party at my best friend's party with a child? You know, well, I think they definitely discussed it beforehand, but it seems like she just learned about it prior to the I party. Mean, yeah, but at some still. Point. It's like you got to pop up to my best friend's party with a child. Now I got to explain to my best friend that you got a kid. Yeah, it looks crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you got to explain this stuff to my friends? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. It gets crazier. So in fall of 2008, James goes to Plainville Police Department and he tells them that he wants someone to escort him to Tiana's apartment because he needs to get his things out. Okay. And so a police officer accompanies him and the officer reports the fact that he and Tiana were arguing at the time, like in front of him. Obviously things were not going well for them. They were in the process of breaking up. And then January, 2009 comes around. 
So James goes to the police department again and he reports that there was a physical altercation between himself and Tiana. There were no visible signs of a physical attack. The police later find that there was no probable cause to arrest Tiana. And she also claimed that that never happened. She never physically attacked him, that he's making it up. Four days later, she applies for a temporary restraining order against James. He is served that the very next day. And basically the order bans him from contacting her, bans his parents and any third party that tries to contact her on his behalf. I mean, for two weeks. you gotta do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Block everybody. Which, what do you mean? Meaning, like, oh. sometimes you gotta, like, meaning, like, family, friends, like, right, yeah. they will try to reach out to you. And yeah. Like, Yo, he told, like, just give my boy another chance. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you gotta be specific. <laughs> so yeah. You gotta be listening to everybody mm-hmm. on that damn thing. You're right. That order was in place for two weeks, so. And in Connecticut, a violation of a restraining order is a felony. The very next morning, so this is happening in early January, I believe it's January 8th, 2009. Gotcha. Uh, Tiana receives an email from James's new girlfriend. And it says, Tiana, you need to leave my man alone. Stop accusing him of stalking you. Tiana emails back, stop emailing me, chick. Who cares, LOL. (laughs) <laughs> heavy on the lol yeah like what and so his, i guess it is 2009 like they emailing insults like now i get yeah, damned yeah, insults yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> it's a different time so his yeah. alleged new girlfriend jessica banderas she responds banderas, banderas. Oh, sorry i said it an american way american. jessica banderas yeah she responds i'm emailing you because why would you put out a restraining order against him when he wants nothing to do with you? And Tiana replies, you shouldn't be emailing me. And Jessica says, I'm not on the restraining order, bitch. What is your problem? Ooh. Tiana. Oh, so, oh, so she read the restraining order. <laughs> I guess so. Damn, okay. So Tiana's like, you are a third party. Checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> so Jessica responds, you will have nothing but bad luck. You hear me? Remember this email when karma finally bites you in the ass. Ooh, she's a bruja. <laughs> you better start saging. <laughs> I don't trust nobody who says those words to me. Yeah. It's I would a- literally be like, I rebuke you and rebuke whatever you are saying. That w- send it back to your ass. Yes, yeah, so that would probably be my, that would definitely be my response. Um, ancestors on your ass. Tiana says, stop emailing me last time. Okay. Okay. But did the, she put caps? I don't know if she did, but I did. Okay. <laughs> In my notes. Um, I can't. <laughs> last time. I can imagine you typing it too. Last time. But the emails keep coming for two days. Two they, days? Yes, it was two days, but they didn't show all the emails on the show. So this is the most I got. Oh, there, there was actually another email that they put on the show. Okay. And Jessica said, be prepared to suffer, you coward. P.S. You've seen me before in person and on the phone. How can she see her on the phone? That's what I was wondering. I was like, 2009, <laughs> FaceTime? Yeah. Like, no, what? No, FaceTime was not out. No, Maybe I know. Skype. No, oh, but that, that's, that's not, not on the, the phone. phone. Was Uvu on the phone? No, that was on computer too. 
I have no idea what she so meant by that. So what the hell that. is she talking about? I have no idea. She probably meant, and you heard me on the phone. You know, people be using improper English all the time. People meaning me. <laughs> <laughs> so on January 13th, 2009, Tiana reports a violation of the restraining order to the Plainsville Police Department because Jessica was contacting her. She tells them, I don't know who Jessica is. And the officer assures her that once they receive the emails and they can prove that James is behind them, then they can arrest him for violating the restraining order. Okay. James is contacted and he gives police information on Jessica Banderas. And I mean, it's everything from her height (laughs) to what car she drives to her phone number. James says he doesn't want anything to do with Tiana. In fact, the very next day, James applies for his own restraining order against Tiana. And he also includes protection for his girlfriend, Jessica, in the order. Which I'm kind of like, well, Jessica is the one reaching out to her. Like, does she really need it? I don't know. How does Tiana pose a threat to you? Tiana and James have to appear in court together for a hearing on both of their restraining orders. And so Tiana's mother tells her, if you want me to, I'll go with you as like a support system. But she's like, no, mom, I got myself into this mess. I can handle it. Honestly, if it's my kid, I'm coming with you. Yeah. The lawyer's here. Even if you say no. (laughs) And even if I'm not a lawyer... Like, I'm pulling up with you. Mm-hmm. This some bullshit. This girl has been emailing you, caps locking you for two days. I'm going to go see her in person. I'm going to go see him, too, in person. Mm-hmm. But I also understand, like, parents sometimes are like, all right, babe, like, go do your thing. Like, I don't want to, like, yeah. get in the way. Yeah. What you doing, Norma? You pulling up with your kid? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you pulling up with your niece or nephew? Yeah. Yep. I'm pulling up. Mm-hmm. But no, I think that that's exactly what it was. I think her mom just kind of wanted to give her the floor to be like, yes, mom, you can come. Or like, no, mom, I don't need you there. Like, she right. didn't want to push it. Right. Um, so Tiana brings the emails, though, as evidence that there was a violation by a third party, Jessica, Ooh. that was contacting her on behalf of James. Ooh. She in her paralegal bag. Mm-hmm. Now, James <laughs> says he wants a restraining order because Tiana had vandalized his car. Excuse me? And, yeah, apparently, like, one of his taillights. Does he have proof? I don't know if he brought proof in, though. Mm. Or if he made a report or any of that. And he also claims that Tiana has hit him before. Now, he brought his mother to testify. He told his mom that Tiana was hitting him. And so the mom testified to that. Okay, but that's still... That's not, like, any solid evidence. That's your mom at the end of the day. Right. Um, She could be biased, you know. I mean, obviously, it's possible for a parent to lie for their child. Yes. So that wouldn't be so far-fetched. The judge agrees to grant both of them a six-month restraining order. And on January 31st, 2009, James once again goes to the local police department, and he claims that, Tiana has sent him a letter saying to please contact her and that she still loves him. And he has a letter with him and it looks like a flyer and it has her picture on it. It has a phone number for him to call because apparently like Tiana... Like a missing persons poster? Almost, yeah, it almost looks like that. It's very bizarre. That's weird. And it's not handwritten. Um, or is it? Or is it typed? 
no it is part i think some of it might be typed but some of it is handwritten and you'll see why that's so strange so officers try calling the phone number that's listed and tiana had apparently changed her phone number so they're wondering if this is like her new number but no one answers they then move on to analyzing the letter for fingerprints And as they're doing that, they're trying to get in touch with Tiana because they want to speak with her because now they're concerned, like, what is going on here? Um, He's been reporting several incidences in the past. So they're just trying to get down to the bottom of things. And Tiana catches wind of this, and so she voluntarily goes to the Bloomfield Police Department. And Bloomfield is about 30 minutes away from where she lives in Plainville. Mm -hmm. She's fingerprinted and she gives them a handwriting sample. Mm -hmm. She tells them that she never sent James a letter. So now detectives turn their focus to Jessica and the police can't find her. He's at an internet cafe sending (laughs) emails. Um, People did that back in the day. Like, you really didn't have internet like that. Like, kind of, but... It was more of the norm to go to the library and stuff around that time and, like, set, like do stuff. Right? Or, like, internet cafes in the city. Or, no. Am I thinking of 2000? <laughs> the year 2000? I, I mean, mean no. Now? It's still 2009. Yeah. It's beginning of yeah. 2009. I don't think it's far-fetched. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, James did say that she would... I guess use his computer when she was over. Okay. And had access to emails and stuff like that. Okay. Tiana and her best friend Anna, they decide to do some digging for themselves. And they discover that James didn't actually go to college. And he doesn't work at the insurance company that he claimed he worked at. So he a lion ass ninja. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <sighs> Not only that, she learns about the reason why he really went to jail for five months. He had violated a restraining order against his ex-girlfriend. See, why do I know these things? Life experience. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, he did? So wait a minute. Okay, I'm going to let you keep saying it. Yeah. Maybe you're going to answer my question. Just the fact that James had a previous restraining order against his ex-girlfriend and now there's this current restraining order against Tiana. It's just kind of like, I don't know. The police department isn't really taking that into consideration as he's going in and making other claims. Right. They haven't um, checked his background. Right. Which seems like it should be one of the first things they do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it feels like they're not doing that. Mm. So on February 4th, 2009, it is now Anna and Tiana's birthday because they have the same birthday. Okay. Isn't that so cool? Oh. Yeah, they share the same birthday. Oh. So there's... So me and my former BFF. Yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> we won't go into those details. Yeah. But they were having a great time. And Anna describes it as them being soulmates. It's just perfect how, how they have the same birthday. They have the same shoe size. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly there was a knock on the door. And Anna answers. And she sees a cop. And initially she's thinking... Tiana, you hired a stripper. (laughs) (laughs) She looks back at Tiana's face and her entire demeanor changed. Oh. And she could tell that it was actually serious. And they actually were going there to follow up on the whole incident with the letter. 
Right. Just to tell her, like, we're investigating this, like, it's really serious, and the letter is currently being processed. But I'm like, you couldn't just call her? You had to pull up on her birthday? I mean, they probably tried to put some fear in her. I guess so. Mm-hmm. But although this information would be the kind to bring a person down, she wasn't having it. You know, it is her birthday, and there were positive things happening in her life. And one of those things was the fact that she was talking to Robert again. I was going to say, is Robert back in the picture? <laughs> mm-hmm. So he make it back. He made it back to the greener grass. Yeah, he sure did. And she had done other things to just make sure that she's not in contact in any way with James. She deleted social media. She changed her phone number. Wow. Um, she changed her email address. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever changed my phone number. I've had the same one since I was like yeah. 13. I don't think you ever changed Because I need, you know what? I want all these ninjas to still have my number. <laughs> yeah. Call me, text me. Let me get them screenshots ready. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I've mm-hmm. never done that. That well, is like, I mean, I feel like that is a good way to really, if you want a clean start, a clean yeah. slate. Have y'all thought to change your number? Let, me, let us know in the comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm kind of curious. Because normally you ain't never change your number either. I did, but it's because I changed plans completely. I think I was with T-Mobile and I couldn't switch my number to but AT&T. But that that's been years though. It's yeah. still been like 10 years. Yeah, it's been like 10 years. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so back to Tiana and Robert. So they had rekindled things so much so that they were talking about a future together. They were talking marriage, actually. Listen. Mm-hmm. Getting older will do that to you. But sometimes, no, you go out into the world, you see how shitty things are with other people, and that brings y'all back closer and faster. Mm -hmm. Just like, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what happened here. And only a few people knew this. Um, Anna, like her mom, a few people in her family. And they had started talking in December of 2008, so it was very fresh. Okay. Literally, at this point, I think it's just a month. Right. Wait. Yeah, like yeah. a month and a half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were serious about getting engaged. And and his plan was proposed to her on Valentine's Day. Wow. Mm-hmm. When you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, Robert. Stepping up to the plate, I guess. And then three days later, on February 7th, 2009... Tiana goes outside to her car and she notices that all four of her tires are slashed. So she calls the police and she just has a feeling that it's James, but she doesn't have the evidence. And so the police are basically like, there's nothing we can do about it. Oh, you don't have proof that he did it. We just said how expensive tires are. You going to slash all four of them? And he bought the tires, so I'm just oh, like, hell no! <laughs> These ninjas are crazy. If it is that he, if it is that he actually slashed it, yeah. But huh. up until this point, she wasn't really telling her father any of this. Okay. She's very private about this. Um, not so much with her mom, which I think is understandable. It's just, I think it's easier to just tell your mom things as I opposed mean, to telling your dad I things. Feel like but her it depends. Dad is probably going to beat someone's ass. And that's probably why you just don't tell your dad until <laughs> it's like the last resort. If I'm telling my dad, it's really over. Yeah. And so, so. 
that's exactly what her dad said that wow. he felt like this was a last resort the fact yes. that she's coming to him mm. he knows that it's serious it's serious and her dad is actually a deputy superintendent for the massachusetts department of correction wow yeah so his first thought was let's install cameras good like let's get a video system for outside agreed and so he had it aimed at the driveway and mm. she lives in an apartment building but i guess like it was aimed towards the parking lot okay so he helps her do that and he said that he was with her for about four hours and i got this from not even the show this part was from an article okay and he even pretended to be someone approaching her at night okay to be like okay what are you gonna do if like someone approaches you so they like played it all out okay so she was prepared wow Mm -hmm. so a few days later on february 13th 2009 tiana's at her job as an admissions counselor because yes yeah, she was working full-time and going to school full-time gotcha and james somehow gets her work number and calls her and apparently like this was a new job like she hadn't been there for very long so the fact that he was able to get her work number was shocking damn google is was that like advanced in 2009 <laughs> Yeah. Um, but apparently James had time. Um, and so he called her and she was basically like, why are you calling me? And she hangs up. Good. He calls again and she tells her co-worker, um, who I believe is, is a receptionist, to not transfer the call to her. Mm. And this is really crucial because this is the first time that she has an eyewitness. Gotcha. Because she hadn't had like concrete proof before right. to be like he's contacting me right it right. was always like through a third party like just yeah. something an indirect way so that was really great that she had someone to vouch for her yeah. um she immediately reports this to the police in plainville which is where she lives and that's where she originally filed her restraining order, right? Yeah. But they tell her that she needs to report the incident with the Waterbury Police Department. In Connecticut? Isn't yes. that where her grandparents live? Oh my god, is it? <laughs> I knew it sounded familiar. The Jamaican side. <laughs> yeah, so they said, no, wow. you have to report it there because that's where you receive the phone call. Oh, wow. Which I thought was weird. Okay. Um... But she says, okay, like, she'll do that. So after work around 5 p.m., she goes to the Waterbury Police Department, as she was told. And she brings a copy of her restraining order. She had it on her. She hands the officer the restraining order. And the officer is having a very hard time authenticating the document. He basically thinks it's fake. Really? Yes. And she's just, like, assuring them, like, no, this is, like, real, and I'm here because he contacted me at work today, and I was told to come here because... Who would make a fake restraining order? Especially if, like, you know, the legal implications behind it, first of all. Yeah. I just don't see... And not, like, what yeah. would the reason be? Because you want to get him arrested? Like, you could just lie about anything. Right. I, I just... I really don't know. She even had her coworker sign a statement saying, like, he called here today. Wow. Yeah, she even brought that in with her. And I 
I really don't know if she was dealing with like a rookie cop that doesn't know what they're talking about, who just kind of just doesn't want to make mistakes and be super cautious about like what documents they're receiving. I really don't know. I just never heard of someone trying to fake a restraining order. Me neither. That's a new one. So she is very upset, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think what they basically tell her is, okay, we need time to like authenticate this. Um, I think they had planned to reach out to the Plainville Police Department to make sure like this is actually what she says it is. But Tiana is very upset and she calls her mom as she's like walking to her car. She's crying hysterically and she's telling her mom like, mom, these people don't believe me. They think I'm making this up. They're talking to me and treating me like dirt. Hell no. Mm -hmm. She ends up going to Plainville Police Department that night. Like she drives straight there and they agree to fax over a copy of the restraining order to the Waterbury Police Department. Okay. But this is still very concerning to her mother, Kathy, who is a social worker and she's a probation officer. So it's interesting. Both of her parents are in law enforcement in some way. Yeah. And she just feels that they're not taking her daughter's claims seriously. She calls a police department. She wants to know what is going to be done with the fact that James called her daughter at work. And she gets a hold of one of the sergeants from the Plainville Police Department And they tell her that the detectives that are handling Tiana's case are out of the office for the weekend because I believe it was President's Day weekend. Oh, my goodness. And they wouldn't be back till Tuesday. So have her, like, contact us on Tuesday and come in. That's so messed up. Mm -hmm. And she's assured that nothing is going to happen to her daughter. Right. Because they're Houdini. At around 7.20 p.m. on that same day, so it's February 13th, Tiana gets home and she finds a note that's pushed under her door. Hell no. And it reads, Tiana, forgive me. I never cheated on you. No, Ninja. And if you don't believe me, read Psalm 32. The Bible passage. Yeah. Please, if I'm lying, may God take my life. I never, ever cheated. Forgive me for everything I have done. Nah, these ninjas be lying on everything. They be lying on their mom. They be lying. Put it on my kid. I put it on... Man. But the letter was not signed, okay? So, Tiana... did you read Psalm 32? I'll read it. I'll read a paragraph of it. Oh, yeah, sure. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with the songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and brittle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, 
all who are upright in heart. So I think basically what this is trying to say (laughs) is, you know, it's just talking about forgiveness. Yeah. And saying how God doesn't count their sins against them. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess if you are somebody who asks for forgiveness. I yeah, don't know. Can somebody Google context. translate this for me? Can somebody clip this version? <laughs> my brother going to text me because my brother is about to become a pastor. He wants to study to become a pastor. So, Ryan, when you hear this, <laughs> let us know the meaning of Psalm 32. Yeah. All right. So back to this. Yes. So, like I was saying, it was, so it was not signed, um, this letter. But Tiana and her friend Anna, they still have their suspicions that this is James. Okay. Tiana remembers the video camera. Let me check it. Okay. Because, like, whoever right. was stuffed it underneath the door. Right. And she goes, and unfortunately, the videotape ran out of storage. No. So nothing was recorded. Shit. Yeah. Well, she better, like, fix the storage now. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Yeah, which is so annoying. Um, so the very next day, February 14th, which is Valentine's Day, the she day does... proposal. Yeah, the day of her proposal, she does go with Anna to pick up more tape. Okay, good. So that was like the first thing. Okay. But then she gets a call from Robert, and he says he's never been so sick in his life. He caught the flu. Really? Yes. Robert makes an appearance on the show, by the way. And he was saying he never gets sick. And Mm. he was just, like, violently sick. And he couldn't go. So the plan he had to propose would have to be rescheduled, unfortunately. Why is the plane so damn loud? So Tiana understood there was nothing she could really do about the fact that Robert is sick. And she basically told him, don't worry about it. I'll come to Virginia next weekend. Wait a minute. So if a ninja gets sick on Valentine's Day, would y'all be like kind of side-eyeing them? I might give them the side-eye a little bit. Oh, you sick on today out of all days? I mean, you do have a point. (laughs) I'm just saying. But I think he he seemed sincere about it. So you said on the show he appeared. So, okay. When Robert is asked if Tiana had mentioned anything to him about James and what she was going through... He said that Tiana did tell him that James was harassing her and that she was scared of him. And that made me question why did Robert, Robert, what did he do about it that was not brought up on the show? Right. And did he think that the situation was under control? Right. She had changed her phone number. She did, she took steps. Right. To ensure. She went to the police. Yeah, the restraining order. She took steps to ensure that James would not contact her. Right. Later on that day, so Valentine's Day, Tiana receives several emails from James. And let me read what it says. James emails her from his Yahoo account. God told me to write you, so please don't tell the cops about this, T. I'm going through a life or death situation right now, and you're the only one I can talk to. You ever been so close to death and thought you were going to die? Question mark. I'm going crazy. <laughs> My dad said he had a dream that our neighbors gave us two tombstones at our house, which I thought was weird. Ooh. Please call me. So that was the email. But then I saw an article that along with that email, he said, please don't tell the cops about this. Please get rid of the restraining order so I can get this job hire a lawyer and see what's going on with my son. 
I'm extremely nervous. You know I'm taking a big risk by talking to you. So that was also part of the email. Ooh. So Tiana reports these emails to the police department and they tell her that they can now arrest James because it's clear that he's contacting her. Before they do that, they end up calling James to tell him that they're going to arrest him, which I don't understand why they would do that. Again, I don't know if there's like a rookie cop that's handling all of this, but why would you tell him, A, you're giving him opportunity to flee <laughs> before he gets arrested or to just do something stupid? It just does not make any sense. Yep. Honestly, you're putting your officers' lives in danger too. That too. Yeah, and she just had a weird feeling with everything going on with James. So she was planning on going home, picking up a few things. I think she was picking up her laundry and spending the weekend with her mom. She gets home and as she's walking down the parking lot towards her house, she's attacked from behind. Mm -hmm. It's caught on the surveillance camera too. She ends up calling 911 at around 9.41 p.m. And there's actual audio that is played on the show, which I was not prepared for. Tiana is screaming and she's saying that she is bleeding to death. Oh my goodness. And her ex-boyfriend just stabbed her to death. No. And as she is saying this, she's running out of breath as she's talking. So the neighbors hear her screaming and they run outside. And they notice that there is a black PT cruiser fleeing the scene, which I don't even know what that is. It's a Chrysler. I knew it. I was like, maybe it's this Chrysler. Look, the Chrysler Um, PT Cruiser. Oh, you know what? That's what I had in my mind, too. So it's unclear if the neighbor picked up Tiana's phone and called her mom from that phone. But the mom receives a call from the neighbor and they tell her that Tiana has been stabbed all over. So just imagine getting that phone call. So now Tiana is fighting for her life and she's rushed to Hartford Hospital. Everyone is wondering what happened to Tiana. But of course... We all have our suspicions, right? And if you guess James, you're right. James is now on the run and he calls his brother Brandon asking if cops have stopped by because he lives with his brother. And Brandon is confused. He's like, what's going on? Why are you asking about cops? And he confesses to his brother that he stabbed Tiana. You're kidding. And his brother Brandon's girlfriend happened to have been there while Brandon got the phone call. She overheard the conversation. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Tiana's parents, they rush to the hospital and they get there at around a quarter to midnight. And basically the surgeon ends up approaching them and tells them that Tiana lost a lot of blood. Yikes. And they basically did everything that they could to save her, but they couldn't save her. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. They were even hand massaging her heart. That's what they said on the show. So where was she stopped? I'll get into that. Um, So Tiana's father, Alvin, he goes to the back of the room to identify her. And he confirms like, this is my daughter. And he observed that she had stab wounds everywhere. Whoa. It turned out that Tiana was stabbed 20 times. Two of those times was in the chest. Oh my gosh. So her heart was pierced. Less than an hour later, James is stopped by police and he's arrested on suspicion of the murder. So just to put this out there, in the six weeks before her death, Tiana had more than 30 contacts with the Plainville Police Department. 
And when they finally were going to take action, they decided to call him. And one of the things that James said in the email was, do not contact the police. Right. So that, to me, I think was very triggering for James. Oh, 100%. They have to live with that. The fact that they called him to give them him a heads up that's like yeah. a no-no yeah that, like, like i've never heard of people doing that yeah like the only time i've heard of people getting a heads up is like it's in a very peculiar situation it's usually with like white collar crimes basically people ain't who ain't gonna yeah. do nothing you know what i'm saying or a really old person or something like hey we're just letting you know mm-hmm. but this is not like i wouldn't say it's protocol Right. So it's just very bizarre, and it was clear mishandling of Tiana's case, for sure. So in October 2011, James goes on trial for the murder of Tiana and for violating the restraining order that Tiana had against him. Right. So in terms of the evidence of what they have, they have footage from the home surveillance camera of a black male that clearly appears to be James. It's quite obvious from the side profile that it's him. Did it catch the entire attack on camera? Yeah, I think it captured most of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Because you see him walking by, you you can hear her screaming. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but earlier that day, he apparently had attempted to break into Tiana's apartment, and that was caught on tape. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when that didn't work, that's when he went back, he waited for her, and he attacked her. Tiana's 911 call, obviously, saying that he did it. The fact that he confessed to his brother, Brandon, and Brandon's girlfriend happened to have overheard the conversation. Also, when he was pulled over and arrested, there was blood on his t-shirt that ended up being Tiana's blood. Okay. So there was no way of explaining it away. Yeah, there was not. And also during the legal proceedings, his past criminal history came up and... It was not only the fact that he had violated restraining order with his ex-girlfriend back in 2008. He also had convictions for assault in 2002 and 2006. Against girlfriends too? They didn't say. Hmm. I, I, I have to think like mm-hmm. that this is not a first time occurrence for him, mm-hmm. especially if his... Well, okay. What was the story behind his ex-girlfriend supposedly breaking into his house? Was that true? I don't know that that was true. I think he made that part up. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what happened to Banderas? Their theory is that he made her up. You're they could, kidding. They could never find her. You're kidding. No. I was going to get into that afterwards, but since you asked now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Like, honestly, they their theory is that he completely played... The criminal justice system. Oh he goodness. he started off by asking to be escorted to Tiana's house, like initially to get his things. Like he played yes. it off like I'm scared. Like yeah. if something happens, I want to make sure that you guys are there. But like yeah. he wanted them to see her emotional. Yeah. And make it seem like he's a victim. Right. So that was another thing. They believe that um him filing a a report for like assault against yeah. her like that the fact that she assaulted him they believe that that was false yeah too and his um, mom probably lied it's possible yeah wait when he was seen on camera the first time trying to break into her apartment mm-hmm. had the police already called him and told him 
They didn't play that part on the show. Like, you don't know what time they called him at. Um, um, you know what? I think they did have a time on the show, like, in the corner. I'm just but curious to know if he already knew when he was trying to break into her, her apartment. Did he already know that they were going to arrest him? No, I don't think so. Oh, so this He didn't even just... know that there was a camera there. He, he didn't know. know the cops were coming for him. No. They hadn't gotten in touch with him. No. But when he had stabbed her, they, he, they had gotten in touch with him. Yes. At that point, okay. they had. Mm-hmm. I see. Definitely. Damn, I'm over here getting mad at Jessica, and she don't even exist. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really crazy. What? But the defense, they are basically not disputing any of this. Because the defense is raising the fact that... When James did all this, he was under extreme emotional disturbance. Of course. The way that they want to make it seem is that he was under so much extreme stress when he did this that he was just not thinking like a reasonable person would. Right. He was acting out of pure emotions. And that means that he gets a lesser sentence than someone who committed yeah. a murder. Yeah. Right. Even though it is, it's, even though it's still a murder, it's just like, oh, you did it in a heat of passion. You didn't really have time to think. Right. right? You just acted. So we're not going to punish you that hard. Mm-hmm. We're still going to punish you. Exactly. It's very interesting. So it's like mitigated, basically. Yeah. But the jury's not convinced of this at all. And they come back with a guilty verdict. And James is sentenced to 60 years in prison, which is a maximum sentence in Connecticut. Mm. And he gets five years for the criminal violation of the restraining order. And that's served concurrently with the 60-year sentence. What does concurrently mean again? Because we said it wrong the last time. (laughs) At the same time. Is that what it means? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, because consecutively is one after the other. (laughs) Thanks to whoever helped us out last time. All right. Um, Good. Okay. Wow. I'm just shocked because, like, here's somebody who, again, like, they took the right actions that you're told to take. Yeah. You're told to go to the cops. You're told to do all these things. And then something still happens to you. It's kind of like Mujay's story from all the way back. I think it was episode eight that we did. I thought this sounded familiar. Like, Like, this whole, like, I don't know. Yes, going through the legal process. And you know, taking these steps and then this still happening to you and, like, Mm. police not taking you seriously Mm -hmm. until something happens, then it's like, all right, now we got to take them serious. I just wish there was more, you know, care given to the situation before this happened. Yeah. And her parents actually spoke at the sentencing. Um, Her dad said, I identified her body and I'll never forget what I saw my daughter laying on a gurney all butchered up. I hope he will spend the rest of his life in prison each and every day thinking about what he has done. Her mother went on to say, we were truly and wonderfully blessed to have known her. To me, it feels like my heart is gone and it will never be made whole again until I'm reunited with Tiana in heaven. Hmm. So it's very difficult for her family. And it says that he will be eligible for release in 2069. Definitely can't see your son now. Mm-hmm. Not in the way you want to, at least. Oof. I just feel bad for her parents because, like, again, they're also part of the law enforcement system, so they do have a certain amount of trust in it. And the fact that, like, 
this could have been prevented 100 mm-hmm. percent is just insane it could have been prevented and that's why her parents sued on her behalf and they ended up winning of course they did of course um, they won i like i knew yeah. that they i had a feeling they would sue but i'm mm-hmm. not surprised that they won yeah because this was completely negligent mishandling of her case. Absolutely. Um, and they were awarded $10 million in a wrongful death and negligence lawsuit. Good. Against the police. Good. Specifically against the Plainville and the Waterbury police. Wow. Mm-hmm. Shit. That they won't be telling people their restraining orders are fake anymore, or calling people to give them a heads up that they're going to be arrested. Yeah, hopefully they don't do that anymore. I'd be interested to know how did their program and like their training. I mean, they changed a lot of things since. So, and I think that happened because her family was really pushing for policy changes. So, like now they have like certain forms to give like domestic violence victims basically to fill out the likelihood of you being murdered. They actually do that now on a scale. Yes. So they do have that. They have like a whole GPS system where they monitor um, high risk offenders. That 10 million really like had them shook. Yeah. To the core. But her parents actually took the 10 million and they put it in a foundation in honor of Tiana. It's called the Tiana Angelique Notice Foundation. I'm not surprised by that either. I was going to say maybe so, they turned it into something where yeah, you can and help like other people, yeah, other domestic violence. Yeah, that's exactly what oh, they really? did. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Um, the website, you guys can check it out. I'll like it'll be linked on our website. But there's just a lot on there. Different resources. There's a program that Harvard Law has for domestic violence students. I think like oh wow, um, like a if, domestic violence clinic. Yeah, yeah, something of that nature. Gotcha. Someone always has to be the cautionary tale, though. Like I was just listening to the um, Amber Hagerman story. It's the reason. It's like she's behind the Amber Alert. Oh, why there's yeah. an Amber Alert? So like mm-hmm. things, and I just there's one, there was a podcast before that was called like Precedent Law Cases, and I think it'd be cool if we did some precedent cases too to oh, show yeah. people like where this particular law came from or why there's a certain system in place. Yeah, um, it's always because of some tragedy that happened. Yeah, we need less tragedy to happen. You yeah, know what I mean. Um, but that's just how the world works. And sadly, that's why we're able to bring you guys an episode. Mm-hmm. But I wish the violence would just stop. Even if it stopped tomorrow, though, there would still be plenty of content. Because people are just yeah. crazy. These ninjas are crazy. Everybody crazy. Mm-hmm. Just be careful. It's just very unfortunate um, that this person did this to her. And you know, the criminal justice system failed her. So, but I think to her parents, they feel that at least she didn't die in vain. And if anything, that's a positive in this situation. But yeah, that is the story of Tiana Notice. Prayers go out to her family, her friends, Anna, her best friend. Wow. Very tough. Wait, did they ever figure out the handwriting on the note? Was it his? I don't know if they ever brought that back up. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be Jessica Banderas, but <laughs> clearly it's not. And with mm-hmm. that, we'll see you guys next Tuesday with another episode of It's the Mystery for Me. Stay, Stay safe, safe out there. Bye. Bye. Bye.